Welcome to the Heal Your Life Talk radio show. I am Victoria Johnson from victoriajohnson.org, your host and Heal Your Life workshop teacher trainer and Heal Your Life coach trainer in Canada. I am the author of the best-selling book, Do That and Then Some, Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough, based on the teachings of Louise Hay, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and many more great teachers, authors, and thought leaders. Tune in for tips on how to heal your life now with power statements, affirmations, visualizations, reflection time, and real life stories with real life people who have overcome adversity. Learn to transform your thoughts and words. Learn to love yourself even more based on the techniques of Louise Hay and you can heal your life. We will be ending today's Heal Your Life Talk radio show with specific power statements, affirmations, and treatments to help you heal your life based on what we have talked about on the show. So stay tuned to change your thoughts and heal your life even more. As Louise Hay often said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Hello, listeners. Welcome to today's podcast on Heal Your Life Talk radio show. I am super excited to have Annette Alex Rusin with us today. We have so much to talk about, to be honest with you. We just spent the last 20 minutes talking off the air because there's so much that she has to share that has really touched my heart. I'll warn you, she's already got the tears flowing on me today, so I will try to keep it together as your host. You can contact Annette at facebook.com frontward slash forever evolving and uh, her website right is forever evolving literally right now it's just forever evolving it's not quite up yet but it'll be up soon so watch for that and uh, i really just am so excited to share with you all of her wisdom we met last year at a heal your life training in calgary she has this magnificence around her that speaks of strength, of wisdom, of vulnerability, of understanding, of kindness, of patience, of consistency. And she is just a woman that I think that we will all wish to model ourselves after and see the great parts of ourselves in her, as well as feel the struggle that she has been through. So welcome to the show, Annette. Hi, Victoria. Thanks for having me. Good afternoon, wherever you are. It's so lovely to have you here. So can you tell me a little bit about how you were first introduced to Louise Hayes' work? Well, I, you know, I'm getting, I'm in a few days now of my life and I had to sit and reflect on that. And uh, what I do recall is Louise was brought to me and came to me in my life through my sister. And, uh, I, from really young age, I uh, was, I saw, I felt very sad a lot. And I, I struggled with um, my mood and my confidence. And, you know, our parent, my dad was always telling me, like, you have to believe in yourself, you have to love yourself. And I'm like, okay. And so in my 20s, my sister, I guess, came across Louise Hay. And um, she told me about her. So I started looking at, you know, reading the book and, started to think about that, about loving myself and how can I do that? You know, it's one of those things that sounds like such a simple concept and I can see your dad saying that to you. Well, you just have to love yourself. You know, it's like telling somebody who's depressed to just snap out of it. 
you know, but there really is a process involved in learning to love ourselves. And for me, it's been a lifelong process. And I expect that it will continue to be a lifelong process as different things uncover as I as I go through life and experience different experiences. So I know that one of the things that really helps, as Louise taught us, is to stop all criticism. And did you have any of that going on in your life with that learning to love yourself, that chatter between your ears with the criticism? Or or what's your story? Oh, totally. My story comes from, I think, from a very early age, feeling like I didn't belong. Mm -hmm. uh, because of, you know, family dynamics, where social location, you know, where we were located in our community. We were Indigenous, but not fully accepted because of our social location in the community with our, our mom and dad owned one of the grocery stores. And so that made it, you know, it was different. And there was a lot of cultural shame going around at that time. And right up until the 80s, you know, where... You just, I just didn't feel worthy and I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. And also because of colonization and oppression and that our parents were both fluent in our language, uh, but they didn't pass it on to us for fear that, um, you know, for fear of whatever oppression to be put on us. And I think they were going through some of their own, they probably were going through some of this and it was just something that nobody talked about you know? And so I somehow took it on and internalized all that and became very uh, filled with cultural shame and cultural self-hate. And and then as I grew up, uh, you know, we had to move south for school and I coped by, you know, get, starting to use some drugs and alcohol and and trying to remain quiet, you know, trying to not be seen, to, to just fit in and, and not really be heard. So I silenced myself a lot. Oh, that's an interesting term, silenced myself. I'd like to just, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, circle back to what you said about uh, cultural shame and cultural self-hate. How would you describe that to someone who's not familiar? Well, it's, it feels, it, you just feel completely unworthy and and you don't, at that time, you didn't see any space for for yourself, you know, and and even in spaces sometimes now when I talk, it can get triggered in me where, you know, somebody, I'll try and talk about something I've learned about myself now in my cultural reclamation and in my self-love, and someone will say, well, oh, but that happens to me too, or, you know, this this is how it is for me without... Like, you just don't feel heard. Right. You know, and I don't know how that comes out. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I do see what the other person is trying to say. Like, oh, you know, I, I can relate to those feelings. Mm-hmm. I've had those feelings, too. And I think that's very true. We have all had those type of feelings, but it's the degree yeah. to which those and feelings just, And just sitting, like, having space to let people tell their story, that doesn't mean you need to tell theirs. Like, just giving yes. sharing the space. That is such wisdom, such wisdom right there to let the person be heard. And if they're sharing to you about their cultural shame or their cultural self-hate or whatever there is on their mind at that time, just really giving them that space to be heard. So like I said, I do understand why people jump in and say, I had that too. And and I identify and connect, right? Yeah. We're, We're human beings. 
Well, I think you want to identify and connect, and, I, and I, I'm going to go down on a limb here and speak for the white person, and I'm going to say, and we want to, uh, I think our, our knee-jerk instinct is to, to, to minimize the things that, that were happening so that we don't have to face it and, and take our responsibility uh-huh. as well. Right. You know, and and to really have the compassion for what other people were going through. So that self-cultural hate for me became, you know, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't white enough. I wasn't thin enough. I wasn't pretty enough. Like now that I'm fall, now that I'm doing this workshop and, and really immersed in Louise's material, I'm working on my collage of myself from my little girl to to my youth. And uh, I was beautiful. <laughs> yes I, am. I I believe that I didn't feel it I didn't feel it and when you feel that way right then you 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 what do you do to numb your feelings you know you yeah you you do you act out you take more risk you hate yourself so you took this beautiful young girl out into the white man's world and then as you said silenced myself using drugs and alcohol is that accurate yeah 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 can you tell us more about that well and I was very high functioning very Mm -hmm. very high functioning uh you know bless our parents they raised us to you know work hard work harder be smarter you know like lots of good strong yes And, and there's lots of pluses to our community and lineage too like the generosity and the honesty and the caring and sharing and I learned all that is the is is the strength I come from from my ancestors too, right? My location. Yes, very much so. So I did that for a long time, and uh, a lot of it was just it was normal, you know, uh, normal behavior, the the partying, singing, and uh, but I stayed in school and kept getting educated, kept working, and then at some point I decided um, I need. I need to change my life here. Actually, what happened was I had one child and my son, uh, when I help others in, in recovery, I share that um, my son chose me. We believe that. And that I just wanted to be different. I, uh, this, this was just this precious person who chose me. Mm-hmm. And so that brought me to sobriety and to recovery. Beautiful. So when I work with others and I share that, I I just say, you know, if that's what gets you into that, into the door of say a twelve step program, or if it gets you into seeing a therapist, or gets you on the path to recovery, whatever it is for you, it's personal. Um, that's the first mover for you. And then I stayed on that path long enough that it became about me personally, because a lot of the community talks in twelve step, it has to be for you and you know, it has to be so individual, mm-hmm. but his, my love for him got me going. Right. Then I found my love for myself. Yes. Variety. That's so, beautiful. Can you just say that again? I really want our listeners to get it. My love for him got me going on the path. Mm-hmm. I stayed long enough on my path till I found the love for me. Beautiful. Me on the path. 
And that's what keeps things like sobriety sustainable, I believe, because, you know, it's like everything else. We can't do it solely for other people. Of course, we have this precious little life in our arms that, that we will do anything for. And so that was the trigger for you to become sober. But you know, what a blessing that he was the one who then began you on your your journey of self-love and self-exploration and self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that comes to my mind that was important to me that I'd like to share about is I remember being around 12 and I really started reading like about a Freud and psychology and the mind and and I loved that stuff. Yes. Development. And I was like, wow. And so as I was living and growing older and learning about myself as an Indigenous person too, and like, you know, healing all that in myself, I actually ran into some bumps on, on the path on, on, on how I wanted to do my work and, and what, you know, what is our passion and what is our gift for the world? And I was challenged by some that it should be, my path should be more, um, more familial, more uh, communal, more cultural, more of all that than individualistic because of my indigeneity. I don't know if you can follow Right. That. I can follow that. And yeah. I also caught the phrase should be. Yeah. Because someone else is telling you, you know, you should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, be following this cultural path for your community and so on. Yeah. So so then I stepped back from my passion of self-development and and that and looked more, you know, more more systemically and I learned all that and you know just lots of learning and growing, right? Then I came to a place of now where I am in my life where I understand that some of our core teachings in our indige- indigeneity is is dipping this. My sisters help me with that. Our communities help me with that. Where, like, we want to live a good life, but we but we're also entitled to what is what is your will? You know, what is it about you? What is your strength? What is your gift? And it's it's good to let that out in and living our 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 wheel of life. You know, our medicine wheel. And so mm-hmm. that took me back to Louise. Then I have to heal layers of cultural shame again because now Louise is an old white lady that, well, just passed, bless her soul, she's passed over. I just thought, it's okay. It's all okay. Mm-hmm. I'm in a place now. I'm old enough now. I am my culture. I understand myself enough that if this is what I choose, this is what I choose. And I'm really starting to live my truth. Beautiful. And and you have stepped into your truth in a way that honors your culture. And I just want to reiterate what you said and, and make sure that, you know, our listeners understand that again, even after all these years and, and Annette returning to what it is that she wants to study for her own personal growth, it there again that cultural shame piece stepped in because she's studying from an old white woman when, you know, there's so many beautiful elders that she could be learning from. But I don't think it needs to be either or, right? Mm-hmm. We, we can learn from everyone around us. Mm-hmm. And I have, like I had, like I've had uh, some of my elders just help me so much, you know, that to get to the place too of this self-love and self-acceptance, mm-hmm. surrendering to the now, you know, and... Um, yeah, I'm very blessed to 
to be here and yes. to be alive. And, and now I love, I feel worthy. You know, I feel of value. I, I am committed to, this is what I love doing. Like talking one-on-one, helping somebody one-on-one, doing group work in the healing life work, like, you know, healing in a circle with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's, yes. it's profound. It is profound. That's an excellent way to describe it. I was in a circle with Annette previously this year and just the, the love and the wisdom that flows from her added a profound level to what we were doing. So I am so thankful for you, Annette. So thankful for you. So if there was something that you could share with our listeners to really help them to, to let go of those feelings, those thoughts of you know, I'm not good enough. What would it be? What would your tip for them be or several tips for them? To really look at that and and sit with it and find the supports and the information and the books and the people that will help you to understand that's that's not true. That that's And to hold your, hold that space for yourself till you feel the truth. Yes. And to know that we are all divine. Mm-hmm. And whatever our culture is, whatever our belief system is, you know, we are a divine child of God. We are a divine child of the universe. Whatever our belief is, we are a divine spark of light. Whatever it may be, that is truly who we are. We are not these other things, these labels that can be put on us, these names that can be put on us by ourselves and by other people you know the the i'm not what what did you say i'm not white enough i'm not thin enough or tall enough or something like that you know those are just names Mm -hmm. right you know your real name is you know i'm a child of the universe i am a spark of the divine light i am a child of god whatever your belief system is and so i think it's been so helpful to know that you know a woman as strong and as intelligent as yourself struggles with those same things that many of us struggle with and you know then to add on that cultural layer and be, be expected to be expected by your culture to hang on to those beliefs be expected by you know the white culture to leave your beliefs behind you as you go into university and college and so on must have been such an ex- a confusing time for you yes it was it was yet it was also you know the the privilege i have of have of having completed some post secondary years of post secondary education is a real privilege and I'm thankful that I that I have it. But the the positive side was that was was doing that was I was had the ability to find out about myself as you know and, and heal myself too, because many mm-hmm. of the, many of the institutions now, through advocacy and through structural social change, do have support systems and programs for us there, and so we can go there as students and, and access that. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. And it's so good, you know, and people have come so far, like come so far from when we started and from when my yes. our parents, what they had to go through, right? All the generations. So it's really good. Well, and love is that universal healer. And it sounds that like through the, these advocacies and the structural social change, am, am I correct to assume that 
they are encouraging, you know, just loving who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and each person who, well, each individual who gets in, involved in and uses those resources and supports, they come through their own decolonization process and it manifests personally for them because we're all different. Yeah. We're all individuals. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> I say all the time, we're all different and we're all the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the more we're different, the more we're the same, but it's, <laughs> we're all, I, you know, we're all spirits with skin on us, you know? And I've yeah. come to love and accept that, you know, the path I'm on is, I love it and I'm choosing it now and I'm taking accountability and responsibility for my choices and others are doing their, doing that for themselves, you know, and, yeah. and I'm going back to thinking about what you said about Louise, like one thing or one message I can get to the, the big, what's more most powerful for me is I approve of myself. That little oh, yes. and, and we do in the workshop, like I approve of myself. I approve of myself. Yeah. yeah. And I've just, yes. you know, I latched onto that and I use that, you know, and I, I love myself. Yes. I pass that on to my son, my, my, my offspring. Like I taught him when he was a little boy, I love myself. I accept myself. It's yeah. so beautiful. And, you know, and can be said at the stoplight, right? It doesn't have to be a hard, yeah. uh, you know, a hard thing to do, a hard thing to implement. Or, you know, we're always so busy and 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 running against the clock, it seems. And and if we can just take that five minutes walking down the hall of our office to say, I approve of myself. Or when you're cutting up the food for for dinner, I approve of myself. Putting on makeup, driving to work, taking out the garbage, I approve of myself. Mm-hmm. It's easy to just keep reinforcing that because, you know, we all know it's really easy to reinforce the the negative. It just that runs on a continuous track without us even noticing. Yeah. But if we can just stop that track by interjecting, I approve of myself, I love of myself, all is well in my world, everything is always working out for my highest good. I am safe. All of those affirmations. Uh, that is such a great share. Just to really have that as part of the core of who we are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I am looking forward to promoting your workshop because you have a workshop coming up February 29th and March 1st. It is a two-day workshop. Oh, it's going to be good. A two-day intensive transformational workshop in Selkirk, Manitoba. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to get my plane ticket today. I will be there. I'm so excited to sit there and uh, be an assistant to your assistant (laughs) at uh, your workshop. And uh, how many can you take? About 20 people? Actually, actually, no, I've kept it quite small and intimate and I'm saying 12. 12? Okay. I'm really, this is, you know, people have reached out and asked me about this and uh, I've like, I've kept it small and intimate. So. Okay. Yeah. 12 is my number. Okay. I definitely will be putting the word out for this on my Facebook pages as well. So on your Facebook page, it's facebook.com 
Frontwood Slash Forever Evolving. Uh, if you need any more information about it and can't see it online, of course, you can contact me directly and I will hook you up with Annette for this two-day workshop that will be held in Selkirk, Manitoba, which is about 30 minutes from Winnipeg mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, on February 29th and March 1st, which is a lovely time of year to visit Winnipeg, let me just say. <laughs> I say that, I say that tongue in cheek. <laughs> Um, I I picked Selkirk, Manitoba too, because, you know, it's a big journey and a big step and a big breakthrough, I think, to, to do this workshop and, and to have, and then you're driving, like to have, if you can drive to it and you have that time to reflect and the hotel is quiet and there's parking space and it's, it's quieter. I just wanted it to be away from mm-hmm. the hustle and bustle, too, of big cities. And oh, beautiful. So yeah. uh, I'm assuming then people can choose to stay overnight at the hotel, yeah. too. Yes. Like they can go ahead and book at the hotel. At the Canalta, yeah. At the Canalta. Okay, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful. I will put more information up uh, on the bio of the podcast as well. And uh, I'm going to tell the truth to you, listeners. I have been super excited to listen to what Annette had to say today, and I'm really proud of myself for not crying so far. Um, And she is going to end our show today a little differently than we usually do. Usually I read something from Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. But Annette is going to share something with us that was written uh, by one of her elders to close out our show today. So thank you very much, Annette, for being here. Thank you to our listeners uh, for being here. And please accept these words into your heart. So this is actually, um, I just need to clarify, it wasn't an elder. It was, it's an author, Richard Wagamis, Embers, one of Jibway's meditations, gifted author, and he's gone on to the spirit world now. And uh, this is a reading from the book. The beginning of wisdom is the same as attainment, wonder. The truest statement in the world is, you never know. There is always something to evoke wonder, to wonder about. Because this world, this life, this universe, this reality is far more than just the sum of its parts. Even the slightest detail contains much more. The overwhelming awe and wonder we feel teach us more than we can ever glean to come to know of things. In the presence of that wonder, the head has no answers and the heart has no questions. Oh, may it be so. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you again, Annette. Thank you again, listeners. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you next time. And Annette, if you'd ever like to be on the show again, I'd love to have you. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope that you learn tips to help you heal your life even more. For more information on Heal Your Life Workshop teacher and coach training, please visit thetraining.ca. For more information on me, your host, Victoria Johnson, please visit victoriajohnson.org. And please order my book on Amazon. Do that and then some. Transform feelings of less than to more than enough. Thanks for joining us.